the blind stares of a million pairs of eyes looking hard but won't realize that they will never see the pee. <laughs> Yes, sir. We are back, and it is All Eyes on Cleveland, the podcast. Uh, tonight, we will take you through all the goings-ons with your Cleveland Browns as they're in Indianapolis, and the brass is getting all friendly, getting to know each other there. A little bit of a corporate outing of sorts, kind of, uh, as they both hit the podium yesterday. We'll talk about your Cleveland Cavs, who are in action tonight, but... Uh, a remarkable comeback the other uh, evening at home against Miami. And then, of course, the Indians are kicking things off uh, in spring training. So we'll touch on that, a couple topics there. Tonight, special guest, Joey Kinsley. Sir Yacht will join us here momentarily. And with that, you start getting excited. And there it is. We are back at it here on All Eyes on Cleveland, the podcast. Uh, you can catch all of our shows where all popular podcasts are found. iTunes, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Radio.com, and Google Play. The website is alleyesoncleveland.com. Show news and shows themselves are up there. And we will be published tomorrow morning. At USA Today Sports Media Group's TheBrownsWire.com, where I write uh, about your very own Cleveland Brownies. Tonight, very special guest, uh, friend of mine, friend of show, Joey Kinsley, the infamous and one and only Sir Yachts, will join us here momentarily. Hey, I'm very excited about this uh, uh, guest tonight, and we'll get into all of that. Um, anything here mikey is on the ones and twos he's behind the glass he is doing the producing uh he will keep up with everything here and we've got uh some of joey stuff here to bring him in uh sir yacht is uh famous around town for his uh rants on twitter and instagram and also his uh musical skills and sometimes combining both of them together which is my favorite uh welcome to, to the show tonight Joey Kinsley, and more often known around Cleveland as Sir Yacht. How are we doing tonight, Mr. Yacht? Brad, I'm doing, I'm doing great. Thanks so much for the introduction. I'm glad you got the uh, $25 I Venmoed you to give me a nice introduction. Thank Abs- you very much for that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, follow him at Sir Yacht on Twitter and IG. Uh, it's YouTube.com backslash Sir Yacht. Uh, check out everything that he is doing there and he is always doing a lot just sending me a video here tonight hilarious stuff as usual uh a uh, phone call uh suriat from uh the browns brass asking baker mayfield to get taller in the offseason yep yeah that uh that that 
that shit show yesterday was was unbelievable with Tony Grossi. I, I can't believe <laughs> I can't believe that all happened. I mean, I'm not surprised, but wow, that was crazy. No, you can't make that stuff up. That one is wild. No. And of all people, like I mean, oh my gosh, he. I mean, he's got such a history with with Baker and. Uh, Right. We'll talk a little bit more about that here in a little bit. Uh, kind of hit on that one uh, and talk about what you think should happen to Mr. Grossi. But I want to <laughs> talk about you first, uh, Sir Yacht. So my favorite, and we're going to play that. Mikey's got you got it queued up, Mikey. All right, Mikey's got it queued up. My favorite one of your uh, uh, many different uh, – um, how do I want to put this? Just digital – what, digital uh, – Media uh, hits um, was that works. Uh, yeah, was uh, Kawhi's a psycho during the finals last year, <laughs> and uh, it, it's one that uh, is uh, often I will revisit because it uh, makes me laugh every time. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and play that now for you, sir. So go ahead and hit that, Mikey. <laughs> <laughs> Kawhi's a psycho, Kawhi's a psycho, sometimes he's screaming. Oh, Kawhi's a psycho, he's winning the final, sometimes he's screaming. He'll make you swerve while he gets buckets, he'll win the game with no emotion. He doesn't know how to answer questions, leave reporters always guessing no. No, the Raptors are up, up. they're up 3 one You'll be saying no, no, then saying yes, 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 he's in the Warriors' head. Oh, Kawhi's a psycho, Kawhi's a psycho, sometimes he's screaming. Oh, Kawhi's a psycho, he's winning the final, sometimes he's screaming. It's kind of crazy, his rebounds are amazing He's always saying, what men getting paid? Oh, Kawhi's a psycho, Kawhi's a psycho Sometimes he's screaming <laughs> That is <laughs> tremendous stuff every time, uh, Sir Yacht So, what, uh, that was during the finals Obviously, uh, Kawhi was on a tear uh, like no other, and uh, you uh, dropped that one. Your the video features you on the court uh, with the ball, singing outstanding stuff. Uh, and uh, so, uh, how would how would you come up with this? Give me an, give us a, a look behind the scene here at some of your uh, your ideas. Are these just coming to you as you're just going through your day, dude? I don't know. I just like I just think a whole <laughs> lot, and, and it just it, things just kind of happen. I mean. It, it's it's kind of like shooting through a lot of the cr- the crap, you know. You think of some ideas, and you're like, man, that's really dumb. So you think, I mean, it's a numbers game. I mean, you, you think of so many ideas, and, and something's got to hit, I guess. But no, so this is the uh, this it's like a parody off that um, Sweet But Psycho song by Ava right. Max, and that obviously you know blew up last year, really popular song. So I was just like singing it one day, and I that there was like a, a lot of memes that were going around with Kawhi Leonard's like laugh last year, particularly in the NBA finals. And yeah. it, it just kind of like the two connected in my brain. And then I was mm-hmm. like, all right, I'm gonna go make a song real quick. And it was funny. Cause um, I got like a notification and I thought it was an Ava max like fan account, 
but it ended up being her like the actual like ava max had the verification everything i was like oh wow that's crazy she put it out on her twitter and her instagram and just like like just promoted it everywhere and thought it was awesome so that was really cool to hear that from her because especially having so much success commercially off that song so that really helped the uh the song uh take off particularly on youtube so it was yeah it was fun that was that was one of my favorite ones too yeah definitely uh awesome uh uh, song catchy gets in your head and uh, <laughs> hilarious at the same time. That's incredible that uh, she reached out like that. That's really cool. Yeah, so, it was cool. Thank you. So we go back, sir, back to, uh, well, they're still, I shouldn't say uh, they're still around, right? Is Cle- CST still around? Yeah, Cleveland Sports Talk's still around. I'm uh, pretty sure it's still run by Zach Shafron. Okay, all right. Uh, but that so, was ages ago. Yeah, we were yeah. writing. Yeah, you've always been a tremendous writer, so oh, well, I've been following your you. sto- <laughs> story since then, yeah. I'll send your money over now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're even. We're even. Right. Uh, so, yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. But, you know, uh, that was uh, a long time ago, six, seven years ago. We were both writing then. And uh, your your stuff is taken off here, so I, I see all kinds of stuff that you're getting into all the time. So uh, explain to me what happened with the city of Parma. Like it was kind of hard to follow as I was going in and out of everything that happened. But this was like a long time story, right? Or and it's something. Did you do something yesterday with it? Um. So what happened yesterday? I'll I'll touch on that first, and then I'll go into like the beginnings of the story real quick. Um, okay. So yesterday, the mayor um, had a state of the city address, and he was going to um, present thing? the video at the end. Yeah, so just giving it to the town of Parma. He okay. invited me, ended up not being able to go. Um, but basically what happened was uh, when Kevin Stefanski got hired as the Browns head coach, there was a question a reporter asked, and, and the question was whether he was going to live on the west or east side. And that kind of sparked like a debate between which side of Cleveland was better. I so I that. touched on it and made a video. Being a west sider, I said, you know, I'm going to take my side of the city. Uh, and I said, here's why the west side's good. It was just like a kind of a fun joke. And, and like the very last line at the end of the video said, uh, we do have Parma, so we will take the L on that. Well, all these Parma people sent it to the mayor or either he saw it or something. So I'm like about to fall asleep. It's like 1 a.m. And uh, I get a D or I get a, I get a message from the mayor and he says, you know, DM me. We can set up a uh, we can set up a tour for you to come and check out the city, you know, yes. whatever. And I was so confused. I was like this guy. But he, he ended up telling me he, came, he was coming from Columbus for a, like a, a meeting down there with the Ohio uh, representatives. So that's why he was like. He wasn't just like, you know, like drunk tweeting me at 1 a.m. Like he was actually like <laughs> doing serious business, you know. Yeah. So I DM him. And I'm like, hey, we should totally do this video. Um, sorry if, you know, you took if there was any offense that I was taking. You know, I didn't mean it like that. But um, what we can do is instead of just a tour, how about we make like a publicity thing? I'll get my videographer to come and film and we'll make it like look real good. And it'll be like a win-win for both. And he's like, all right, yeah, that's a good idea. So we did it the next week and – he, I mean, I talk to him almost every day right now. Like the fact that that happened, like he's, he's a uh, he. Tim DeGeter is his name, and he's he's a great guy. Um, and we hit we hit it off like right when we met. We made a good video. Ended up being on uh, Channel 19 and Cleveland.com. Did an article right. on it, and it just yeah. 
it took off and it, it, it showed a good light in Parma's eyes and he liked that and then I liked it as well. And he just, like I said, just a nice guy. I, I literally talk to him almost every day in some way, shape, or form. So I, I it was, I never thought it would happen when I made that video, but man, it's just so funny how social media works. Yeah, it is. That's crazy. Uh, good for him for being a good sport about that. And, right. Uh, yeah, taking all that in stride, reaching out to you all. That's awesome. So so that's one. I saw that, you know, uh, Channel 19. You're on news. So then uh, before that, I saw you on the news, right? <laughs> so, yeah. So I, and this was like everybody covered this one, right? So it was like all the news channels. It was after the Steelers game and you jumped in the lake, right? So, oh. there, there's my boy, Joey, Sir Yacht, and I look, and I'm like, what is this? Fan jumps in the lake, and I look, and there's your face going in the water. Uh, it was ter- that was terrific. Uh, hilarious. And you were really mad, right? I mean, you were, you were seriously pissed when you went and jumped in the water. And, I mean, uh, fucking classic, man. I mean, it was, it was amazing. Uh, so, Thanks. tell me... Tell me, uh, I mean, that was like you. Did you plan that, or were you just pissed off? It was like so. Uh, so yeah, that's a good question. So normally, what I do is, you know, I'll, I'll get in the car because usually, you know, I, I mean, whether it's you know at the apartment or at a house I'm at, I don't want people around. And the best way to kind of uh, put myself away from people is to just do it in a car like yeah, just yell in a car you're, yeah that's you're what often I do. in your car yeah that's awesome yes okay. yes that's what i do and people are like are you like homeless I'm like no like i'm good like family yeah. situation's great like have my own you know it's just i yell like and and i yeah. and people pe- people maybe don't want to hear that yeah um, well, you want the cops called on you or something like that you know so yes yes exactly i actually got the cops called on me the other day but that's a oh. different story oh okay um I, I was in a i was in a i was doing a crocker park I was at doing a video where I dressed up as the lead singer of Panic at the Disco, Brandon Urie, and uh, went into DSW, uh, and he uh, they called security on me, so I, I left. But anyway, oh, different man. story. Yeah, yeah, so that was crazy. But I was driving, I was driving around like just uh, parking down the street from where I normally like make videos, and I looked at Lake Erie for whatever reason, and I was just like, man, I'm gonna go jump in. Like, this is, like, the middle of the video. Middle of the video. I'm, like, you know, just ranting or whatever. I'm looking, and I'm, like, man, I don't even care. Like, because Hugh Jackson was always talking about that for, like, a cleansing after going (laughs) 0-16. Right. So, which is the dumbest thing, by the way. He's, like, we're not going 1-15 again. And everyone's, like, yeah, you're right because you went 0-16. Like, it's just. Yeah. So, I went in um, basically spontaneously in the middle of the video. And, I mean, it, it. kind of went crazy i was so surprised and it it, 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 cleveland was you know it 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 had some popularity here but what really did it was um when someone from pittsburgh uh retweeted it and then cbs pittsburgh and cbs baltimore baltimore really liked it too and i got a lot of pittsburgh following now because of it and and people like oh i get it the pittsburgh pirates suck like we completely understand and it was uh i tell you what it it was super cold and i strongly recommend not going in but um it it was worth it i guess i just had to take a few showers after because i was really worried about getting like sick D- disease and, like, yes absolutely just just like dying basically i was dying. really worried about like yeah. dying yeah. death death is not good uh nope. For, nope. so we, we want to avoid that when when you're shooting your videos but uh 
jumping in the lake, and it was funny. You could tell it was cold, certainly on your face when you jumped in. It was not. You'd not look like you're having a good time. Oh, Brad, and, Brad, it took the it took the app the breath out of yeah, me. Like it, yeah. you. Were, I mean, you can only be down there for like half a second, and then that's it. Like you just can't breathe. Like, and it's it's incredible. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah, I. I just don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah, I no, I don't plan on doing it. And uh, yeah, but yeah. that's awesome though, because it, it it was awesome. I saw that it was you, and I did see the Pittsburgh picked it up, and that's awesome that everybody saw it. So it's hilarious, and and you know, at the same time, making a statement because I'm sure the Browns saw it. It was all over the place, right? So you're you're driving us to jump into freezing diseased waters. Come on yep. now, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, I know. Get I do as I. Don't do as I do. Just, uh, yeah. Just, just, just let me do it. Yes. Yeah. Don't, exactly. don't do it. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So there is uh, that. There's that, and then so uh, that in the Parma new, you know, it's all over the news stuff. That you know, that was funny. Uh, I, I must admit, when I click, I didn't have a picture when I clicked on the news thing. I saw you going in, and then. Uh, you know, I saw you at the Indians game and, and your, uh, you and your, and your girl, is, is it, is she, are you engaged, Sir Yacht? No, not yet. We're, oh, uh, sorry. You know, no, it. you're fine. I mean, I, I'm, I want to marry, it's, I want to marry her one day. Oh, like, I'm okay. not going right. to shy away from it, but we just, it's, you know, she's going to med school and, uh, I got, I just, she told me I have to wait before that happens. So okay. we're right. basically putting it on hold, but, uh, no promise rings or anything, but yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, okay. that's, she's just kind of the one I want to be with. There you go. That's good. And then you yep. guys, cause she teamed up with you to wear the matching Waldo outfits at the, yeah. uh, Indians game. And this has become, do you, oh, do you always wear Waldo now at every game? Cause I just saw oh, one. Yeah. Of you sitting out, some picture I, I saw when I was grabbing pictures for the show. You just oh, I put a little collage together of you down there. Uh, yeah, I it, saw that. It, yeah, on Twitter, and and one of the pictures was you just chilling with somebody out in the bleachers eating nachos or something in your in your Waldo. Yeah. So uh, what? So how that started was, and, and you're gonna think like, oh, like there's obviously like an explanation behind the story. Well, there really isn't. That's just kind of how my brain works. So I had I. Uh, a friend uh, that I met on Twitter gave me uh, Indians tickets, and I was like, oh, that's cool. You know, I invited my one good friend. Uh, my girlfriend couldn't go, so I was like, all right, you're coming with me. And I was like, dude, I, I'm going to dress up as Waldo because I know the bleachers aren't going to be full tonight. I think it'd be funny because everybody would, be, like, would see me, and he's like, all right, if you want to do it, that's fine. So I that was I just did it by myself, and uh, it, it Francisco Lindor, I guess, they ran a uh, – they ran a, pit, a thing during the game, and they said Andre Knott, um, the sideline reporter, the dugout reporter, said that Francisco Lindor noticed me from shortstop. And then um, yes. I was on a couple like Cleveland news stations. I think Channel 3 and Channel 5 did something. Um, so that was really cool. So, yeah, it was some nice little publicity, and uh, my uh, girlfriend saw it. And she was like, I want to, I want to do it too. And I was like, well, it was great. Cause, um, I was Waldo two years in a row, but I lost my Waldo costume from two years ago. So I went to the Halloween store and bought it. And then I got a call from my mom. Um, cause I, I, I kept my Halloween costumes always there. Like literally two minutes after I got out of the Halloween store and she says, Hey, 
I uh, was cleaning up and I found your Waldo costume. I'm like, are you serious? Like, I just bought another one. Like, I didn't even tell her I was going to go buy one. So it's just, it was unbelievable. But it worked out because I had an extra one for uh, my girlfriend Paige to, to wear. So I, I forget if it was the next day or a few days later, but we, we went together and then all of a sudden we're on like Sports Center and MLB Network and a bunch of other things. And we ended up going to like six or seven games total, I think, dressed up as Waldo. And then uh, I, I did it like at a Browns game once. That was actually before the Indians, but it didn't. It was it was kind of confusing because the Chiefs were playing, so there was a lot of red. No, but um, yeah, that would be confusing. I think. Yeah. So I did it a couple weeks ago at the Cavs game. That's the first time I've ever done it there. Oh, nice. Yeah, honestly, like honestly, I haven't been to a uh, sporting event in the past year that I haven't worn Waldo at. Like it's kind of sad, but kind of cool also. Yeah. So that's impressive. and. Then, the thing is, we got some imposters too. Oh, oh no! Yeah, yeah. So like, I, I like, I shouldn't have broadcasted. And sorry, I interrupted you, but uh, you're fine. I broadcasted it out that we were gonna be wall the next day. I was like, you know, trying to get some like uh, some publicity behind it, like getting turn heads and letting people know. And I'm gonna somebody do it. else dress up as Waldo. Yeah, they had both of us on the camera, like both Waldos, and and, and those uh. people definitely like. There's two of them. Like, there's no way. And, and there are imposters during the Indians game. Not imposters, but people that also wore Waldo. I, no. I I can't take credit for starting it, but so it um yeah yes. is what it is. We stopped doing it for a little bit, but yeah, we'll probably go back to a Cavs game or two and do it again here soon. Yeah, that that's some weak shit right there. I don't. That's, uh, <laughs> yeah, that some weak yeah. Shit. Uh, but yeah, so and I swear I saw you guys. I might have saw it. I, I thought I saw it first when I, I was actually watching the game. I generally don't miss any Indians game, so I'm pretty sure I saw you get interviewed, or or they just zoomed in on you guys. I can't remember either way, but I'm like, there he is, there, yeah. there he is, Joey. Yeah, again. they uh, did that a couple times, I guess. Yeah, so uh, it, you know, my wife and my son are like, there who is what? <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> <laughs> exactly, you know? and they're like, right there, Waldo, Waldo, it's Joey. They're like, okay, calm down. I'm like, what? You know? Okay, you psycho. Yeah. Calm down, man. Yeah, it's <laughs> exciting. I mean, I, it was exciting. So, no, that's uh, cool. Yeah, so it's awesome. So it's every, you're everywhere, right? So, and then um, you are, you're very talented, incredibly talented, very funny well, in all of your videos, very funny. And then you have an amazing voice on top of it. Um, and, uh, you. So you have, uh, you know, I have a song on here. I think Mikey's got that queued up. We're going to save it for when uh, you go off, but it's Night Vibes. I like this song. Uh, you want to tell me about the, the your singing a little bit? Yes. Do you have an yeah, album? Yeah, thank you. So, yeah, so um, the, the song Night Vibes, we kind of wrote about the, the whole premise of it is um, – that you're the only person that's holding you back from where you want to go in life. And I do a lot of like daydreaming and like, I, I, I don't have insomnia, but I, 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 you know, lay in bed a lot, like trying to fall asleep. Cause I just got so many ideas and like where I want to go and all these aspirations. And I, yeah. I've, uh, I just kind of put together a song called night vibes and it's, it's just basically, you know, the only thing that's holding you back is yourself. And we, so we made a music video in a, a boxing ring that I, uh, I belong to a uh, title boxing out of Westlake. Shout out them. They're, they're life changing for sure. But so we, uh, the, 
uh, Maui Ski Club is my uh, the band I'm in. It's my twin brother, one of my best friends from high, or two, and two best friends from high school, basically. Um, and the drummer Danny, he's a actually he's actually a trainer at the boxing gym, so that's how we were able to uh, to book it and stuff. And we put a bunch of lights in it, and uh, yeah, it was just it's it kind of it came together uh, really smoothly, and and that doesn't typically happen, particularly when you're collaborating. What's so different about us is we have three, four people that are singing, and usually there's only one person that is singing, and then we all are producing the beat as well. So. Normally, I mean, we the the thing is though the chemistry we have in our group is so great. Yeah. Um, it's it just it kind of it just is really easy. Like I, I do a lot of stuff with like my solo music as well, and and you know sometimes I'll, I'll get stuck and I won't be able to I won't be able to you know go on with this beat. But if I'm with you know my boys, like it, it's great because they bring so many ideas to the table, and we kind of just know what to expect from each other now. And it's it's a beautiful pro the creative process is very beautiful. So it was a fun music video to film too. It was definitely the most organized, and uh, I, I really liked how it turned out. Yeah, uh, you know, I am not musical at all, so I wouldn't know anything about that process stuff. But it seems <laughs> really cool, and you know, the uh, the video is awesome looking. Like it is, it, it you're right. It it uh, uh, the lighting is very very cool. Uh, it's a very cool video. I encourage you to go check that out. Uh, on YouTube, right? Your YouTube. Yeah, right? Night Vibes by Maui Ski Club. Yeah, that is the yeah. group name. And yeah, then, absolutely. Uh, you have other music out there as well. There's you. Uh, you singing on the piano in the water. How did you arrange that? Yeah. So um, <laughs> that song is called "No One Feels Bad for You," and it's about. I, I went to a, a wedding down in Auburn, Alabama. My girlfriend was. She went there for school, so. One of her uh, friends got married. She was the maid of honor. And uh, I wrote this song about um, a, a girl, I'll just say, that was there. I won't say who she was, but she probably knows who she is. Yeah. Uh, and she, just, she was just basically the worst person, like very She's like, I'm the victim. And yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, basically that. Yeah, and just kind of was just like stirring the pot up and like was – and if you me. like said anything, it's like I'm a victim. Basically like the female version of Tony Grossi is like the best way I can describe oh, that's, that. That's perfect. Yeah, yeah like a Yeah, murder. so I wrote a song. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I wrote a song about it. I was like, no nice. one feels bad for you, you dumb B word. But yeah. I didn't say that. I just said no one feels bad for you. So – um, it was a lot of fun. So we, um, were thinking like we, the original plan was to, uh, get a piano and then like put it on the beach and then like, just like light it on fire, like go somewhere <laughs> with a lot of acres and get an yeah. ordinance and then light it on fire. We ended up not doing that. Cause it was, that was really complicated and like, like legally, like that's just like a lot of pollution. So we, we might do it later, but so <laughs> we go out to North Olmstead. I'm from Rocky River. We go out to North Olmstead right. and we get this uh, piano. And I'm driving by, uh, we're going through Westlake and uh, the Taco Bell there on uh, Columbia. And I actually made a video on the way there. I was like, wouldn't it be funny, guys, if we uh, like went through the drive through and oh, started playing yep, like the piano and stuff. So that's where that happened. Yeah, I saw That's where that. that happened. Yeah. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. We went, we went back for Halloween, too. Um, and I dressed up as uh, Michael Myers. So that was really funny. Um, it, th those videos are so much fun. It's so cool, like, interacting with people and just, like, seeing them just like, what? But, um, yeah. yeah, so, like, a month later, because I was on a movie set with uh, when Liam Neeson was in town, I was just standing for a month. So we couldn't film for a month. I was, I was just, my life was just booked. 
But then we, we uh, hauled the piano. Well, first off, when we hauled the piano from this you know random house, it took six people to put it in the back of a truck bed, and it was uh, like the like the you could back the truck all the way into the the back uh, backyard door, and there were no stairs. It was just like a five foot drop. So it was nice, but then we tried putting it on the beach, and I'm like, oh my god, like it's so heavy. Yeah. So there was only three of us doing it too, like my my two videographers, and uh, you know, we put it on the beach, we drag it, and it takes like ten minutes to get it where we want to, right by the shore, and you know, I'm in like this nice like outfit, like yeah. I just bought I just bought the shirt like a month before, <laughs> I wore it once, dry clean, like, and I just like tear it up, like just destroy it. But it was yeah. a lot of fun to make, and then it was really hard getting it back into the truck. We ended up. They ended up uh, tearing it up because we didn't have enough garage space. But they, uh, like, the keys are in my videographer's basement. There, it's like a really cool, like, uh, like design. Like, it just, it's, it, the whole piano got kind of torn apart, but it's like repurposed. So yeah. we're gonna get another piano and think through some more stuff with it, and then I think we're gonna, we're gonna maybe do a music video where we like light it on fire. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah, so, and take it through Taco Bell again, right? Before yes, you do that. Yes, right? and harass Taco Bell. And Give sing, me tacos. Sing your order to them. That was awesome. I, that was good. Yes, stuff too. thank you. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you're listening to Sir Yacht, our guest tonight on All Eyes on Cleveland. Um, as we finish up here a little bit about everything going on in your career, it's hard to keep up with. You got a lot going on, so you're in a Liam Neeson <laughs> uh, stand in for uh, a month. You got paid for that. Yeah, I got paid. It was, it was cool. Um, and Sick. and to just touch on it, it's the the movie was called The Minuteman. I think I think it's being called The Marksman now. Okay. And uh, it it's uh, Liam, I mean Liam got paid a, a big chunk of change. I can't say how much he's making, but it's uh, it's a ton of money just to be in that one movie. But he um one of the nicest people I've ever met, let alone just like being an actor and stuff. But just incredibly humble and so kind and just he like when like make an effort to like know people's names and stuff but uh yeah they filmed all around cleveland for a month and i they did they were they filmed in new mexico for a couple weeks um and then they came up here for a month and i was just standing for a month so it was a blast and like i said just like working right under him and seeing him act like in person like when i'm like five feet away from him That's is awesome. like I, I don't i don't know if i could ever like that that is the coolest experience I might ever have in my entire life. Like just like being around like a world class actor like that. Um, but yeah, it'll be a good movie. It, it was really exciting to watch everything, watch all the stuff that happens in Hollywood, and and making all the connections on set. It should come out. I'm gonna. I'm guessing early 2021. It's it's either gonna be called The Minuteman, or I'm pretty sure it got changed to The Marksman because if you search it online, I think it's called The Marksman. But. Uh, all right. Yeah, it'll be. It was cool in the background, right? So I'm I'm a back I'm in the background one. So basically, what a stand-in is is they, uh, you know, they set up the shot, the camera angle for the actors, so they don't have to be on set, the lighting and everything like that. So I did. I wore everything he wore, and I was in every setting that he was doing everything. So I had to do everything that he did, but I wasn't on camera for. It. I was just helping him set up. So then, actually, I, I have there's two scenes I'm in. One, I'm in the background of a murder scene. And then two, I'm his foot and shoe double. So when he's getting away from the bad guys, he puts his foot on the brake, puts it on the gas. And like that was like that scene where they put it, they go down to his foot and, and his, his right leg That's is my foot? right leg and foot. So I'm, it might be a two second shot, but I'm in the movie. That is Give awesome, me my credit. That Give me my credit. Your, that was me. That is your foot. Sir Yacht's famous, foot. man. That's me. That the, awesome. the infamous foot. 
That uh, that experience sounds amazing. Make sure you look for it. The Minuteman or possibly The Marksman, maybe. So yes. watch for that. It was filmed in Cleveland, right? So for yeah, all over Cleveland. All, all over. Right. Cool, cool. So, you know, I always want to check out uh, any movies that are made in Cleveland anyway. So there you have it. Check out yep. Sir Yacht's Foot. Uh, and and uh, uh, also uh, in a mercy, but that's crazy. So you were like, you had to do everything he did. That dude, that's amazing. That's uh, that is not a what I thought it what you, what you were doing initially. So that's a lot more. So that's incredible. So good for you, dude. Uh, you're tearing it up. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more as we go through here. A couple other things I want to hit on that are your career oriented but you know as i said uh, musically talented funny everything so what where are you at like what's your next step what's your goals and and, and just tell us i mean obviously you talk to even yourself you know i i do the same thing kind of sometimes too i where i just drive myself crazy with like yeah uh it's like just it, not i don't i don't know what else to call it but like ambition or like uh, resting ambition. It's like an anxiety disorder. <laughs> right, it, or no, it is. And, it is uh, honestly. And, yeah. And so like, what's, so what's next for you? And, uh, you know, what, what, what's your next step? What's your, what are your goals that lay ahead of you here? Yeah. So like the, the beauty of it is I don't really even know what's next. Cause like, you know, things just kind of happen out of the blue and I'll, I'm, I'll react to it super quick. And, I try and do that because, um, you know, you make a video quick and, you know, it, it, and you make a quick reaction, you get a quick response and usually it's, you know, you get more of a response. So basically what I, I'd love to make, you know, I'm, I, I will do this. I won't stop until it happens. I'm going to be a, I like to be a content creator and monetize. I just monetized my YouTube channel. I, I qualified for that. So that was cool. So I want to make a living off that, make a living off content, do some brand deals. Um, and then, I'm uh I'm I'm meeting with a uh, a music contact out in New Jersey that I met out in Los Angeles um in a month. I'm going out to New Jersey for a weekend and uh we're going to work on some music stuff and uh some plans to kind of take that to the next level. But so yeah, something in music and entertainment. I love to host my own show whether it be like under my controls kind of like uh you know like what uh like David Dobrik or Logan Paul or those guys do yeah. where they basically yeah. have all the control but they make a crap ton of money. Or, or on TV somewhere, but um, I love to just do it on YouTube, the, the freedom to do that and the, the ability to make uh, a good living off doing what I love is, is super enticing. So that's the goal I'm working on this year, and I think a great way of doing that is to just keep uh, doing publicity stunts like you said. I'm, I'm, I try and diversify the way I, I make videos and stuff. It used to just be Browns videos. It used to just be Cleveland sports, and, I, and I've, I've reached a bunch of different topics and stuff now. And like you said, combine music and combine rants and things like that, and uh, we'll see where it goes. But I, I, I have these crazy ambitions, and I, and I know I'm going to make it. You have to be a little crazy uh, to you know do those things, but I, um, it, it's going to happen. Uh, I, I just believe in myself, and I instill that belief in myself every day, and then. You know, I think confidence is, is you know, super underrated, I, and it, it's going to happen. I'll, I'll, I'll be a content creator. I'll be making money off it, and uh, it'll be some good times then. Yeah, no question, and, uh, I, hey, I, I believe in you 100%. You got a fan here, so, uh, Thank you, you know, and uh, everybody that's listening, uh, we'll make sure to uh, tune in to uh, your YouTube channel, uh, YouTube, uh, oh, Blues of my stuff here. God damn it, Mikey. YouTube.com. Damn it, Mikey. Yeah. Sir Yacht and then uh, at Sir Yacht on Twitter and IG. 
it is Sir Yacht on the show tonight here. You are listening to All Eyes on Cleveland. You can go check out everything about the show at alleyesoncleveland.com and listen to us where all popular podcasts are found. So if you get your podcast from iTunes or SoundCloud, tune in, whatever, we're there. Uh, and we'll be published tomorrow morning uh, at USA Today's Sports Media Group's The Browns Wire. Dot com. Uh, let's move to sports here a little bit. So we want to start here in the AFC North, uh, Sir Yacht. A uh, couple uh, stories coming out in the AFC North. We know you're big Browns, big Cavs, big Indians fan, obviously, right? So uh, Big Ben, this story here is uh, pulling from our AFC North headlines. Big Ben looks better than he did before the injury. Obviously, this is coming from Pittsburgh. Uh, but he looks yeah. very, very fat in the in this. I mean, he looks large. Uh, false, true. Is this could is it, is it even possible uh, that he looks better now than he did before the injury? What what is this? All right, so so we'll do a little. Um, I just did a little research here, and my <laughs> my good friend Wikipedia, Mister yes. Wikipedia. Yeah. So Ben, it listed listed on Wikipedia is six foot five and two hundred and forty one pounds. Now he's always been a big guy, but Very if you look large. at those videos the Steelers posted of him throwing a ball and them like drooling over the fact that he was throwing like a football, like not even well, just like throwing it. Yeah, like that dude. It might be the beard. I don't think it is. I think it was the inactivity from not playing in, in the league. I mean, he has to be close to like. 280 like 290 maybe 300 like i maybe yeah. he might be pushing through there is no way he looks better he looks like a confused mountain man that woke up in a ditch and just uh, okay. uh <laughs> snuck into a high school gym and started throwing a football so i i don't i don't get it i don't get the beard look he looks like an offensive lineman and in not he a does. quarterback so i i mean it's it's like if when Pete, but Babe Ruth transitioned from a pitcher to like you know one of the best batters of all time. You know, if twenty years from now people will think that he transitioned from quarterback Ben Roethlisberger to an offensive lineman. To so offensive I, lineman, that son of a bitch. He's a fat yeah. son of a bitch. Uh, yeah, yeah, but he'll yeah, so he'll be back this year. But yeah, I agree. He he looks he looks like a, a mountain man and uh, probably many many hours up there at Nemecol and you know. Uh, assaulting uh, young women and whatnot. Uh, so yeah, there he's back, and uh, you know apparently uh, throwing the ball better than ever, which you know I, I don't believe. So oh, we've got, yeah. yeah, we've got the uh, draft around the corner, uh, and uh, sort of around the corner. It's it's a bit of a ways off. It's kind of silly season right now, right? All the nonsense. So Joe Burrow uh, going into. Uh, the combine was supposedly, you know, everybody's like, oh, he's not going to go. Bengals shouldn't pick him, and he might not go there. He might pull an Eli, right? And he just kind of shut everybody up and said he'll go to the Bengals if they pick him at one, which is not good news for us because you're looking at a AFC North Suryat with Roethlisberger, Burrow, Lamar Jackson, and Baker Mayfield. Tough division. Yeah, you know what? Three Heisman Trophy winners too, which yeah. I didn't even realize. Yeah. Um, and then, and then a, a fat slob who looks like right. a mountain man. But yeah, you know, it, it's um, it, it's so funny because there's really no controversy. I, I think the Bengals are going to draft him number one. Doesn't sound like they're going to trade the pick. 
But, you know, people got to have something to talk about on daily talk radio shows like, you know, The Herd and First Take. And there's all this. Oh, well, they haven't said they're going to. Uh, Joe Burrow hasn't said they uh, he's going to, you know, he's he's going to want to go to the Bengals. And, and it's like, well, anything could still happen. They could trade the pick. So you don't want to say, you're, you know, I'm going to the Bengals. And then all of a sudden, you know, the Redskins or somebody else are, are picking number one. So, but but people want him to he like he needs to say like he wants to go there and he's like no he no he doesn't he yeah. doesn't know anybody anything like and that's no. the it's it's the problem with controversy and they make a controversy and then when it doesn't happen they say oh well, we knew this all along or whatever it's it's it, the the media is very predictable and very funny uh, they have a very funny way of just doing things but it, it, dangerous division it'll take them some time they got to build some assets offensive line for sure and. Uh, he's going to struggle, I think, early on, particularly in the AFC North. But he'll in the next few years, he'll he'll be money. I I I just I hope he does well too, being being an Ohio guy. Right? Yeah, it's hard to root against him, you know. But he, uh, right. him being from Athens, I spent some of the best years of my life in that city. But um, so, yeah. Yeah, one night. No, I'm just kidding. I lived down there for three years before I transferred <laughs> back. But um, no, but yeah, I mean, and he, but he's gonna be good. And that's uh, it's not what we want for the Browns as far as Lamar Jackson him. So you know, thought we might have had this advantage here with the quarterbacks, but now you got like the the returning MVP and the number one pick, you know, coming in at early in Baker's career. So a little unfortunate there. Uh, right. at, at the same time, sir, yeah, uh, we are, you know, I, I mentioned the combine. They haven't done anything yet at the combine except for weigh each other and, and, uh, take measurements. Uh, I, I believe tomorrow they'll start. I think that's right. Uh, the, uh, timing and all that, all that good stuff. So, uh, the, the sprints and, uh, three cone drill and everything there, the shuttle, I think they got rid of the shuttle though. Yeah. Uh, all those things that don't matter. Right. Yeah. All the nonsense there. And, uh, but everybody's there. They're all down there. So we got to hear Stefanski and Andrew Barry. So I've been going through these pressers real quick here. So let me kind of hit on my thoughts of what Stefanski said. Did you watch his presser at all, Sir Yacht? You know, I, I didn't get a chance. I didn't get uh, a chance to do it. Could you film me in? Here you go, sir. That's perfect. Yeah, no, you nailed it right there. Great, uh, great transition. Uh, all right. <laughs> Uh, so Stefanski, who you know seemed great in his initial interviews, he seemed a little aggravated in this one. I don't know; it, it was weird the way that it's set up. You couldn't hear what the press was saying. He had to ask him to repeat themselves a couple times, but he seemed a little irked, in my opinion. But he's uh, right off the get. The first thing I notice is he's referencing A B A B and A B this and A B that, and I'm like, who the fuck is he talking about? He's talking about Andrew Barry, so he's giving him the nickname uh, AB. So now we uh, got to go. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, it's, yeah, so every, everybody now has got uh, the people on the radio today were calling him AB. So Andrew Barry is now AB. There you have it. Now we have to deal with that nonsense. Good so, Lord. Whatever. Uh, he said they're not playing catch up. I don't know how they're not playing catch up. I, I, you know, they were or have to be playing catch up, right? He's brand new. Um, it's, it right. sounds to me like, uh, they're going to give Njoku another shot. Uh, that's a good thing. Uh, he got in the Freddy Kitchen's doghouse, which is where you don't want to be if you want to see the field in Cleveland, because, uh, he doesn't relent. 
Um, so in Joku, though, uh, you know, Barry was here. Uh, Barry mentioned him uh, when they drafted him. Barry mentioned him, but Stefanski also mentioned him by name as someone that they expect to contribute. Uh, and then he talked about the tough division. He talked about some versa, uh, versatility that they would like to add to the roster. I would like to see an influx of leadership myself, Sir Yacht, but uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But really, then he commented on his time spent with A.B. or Andrew Barry uh, and how they're getting along. Uh, Barry then took over the podium. Uh, he said, uh, basically, um, that uh, he expected uh, his three requirements for players are tough, smart, and accountable. Um, he talked about some time with Howie Roseman, how he liked to construct a team, not just uh, accumulate talent, which is music to our ears, right? Uh, right. Yeah, and then uh, and get to know the locker room. So he then got on to, here's the more you know pertinent things from to take away from what was said. Uh, he talked about pre-market, quote-unquote, pre-market extensions uh, to that he would like to basically... Uh, he's referencing for guys like Chubb, Garrett, Ward, Baker, Ogunjobi, I would assume, are your pillars of your organization, right? And you would like to uh, extend these guys before they have to see the free agent market. Unfortunately, Dorsey and company did not do this with Joe Schobert, and he's going to see the free agency market. So I think that was kind of where he was going with that, and maybe a little bit of a built-in excuse. I'm not really... Uh, positive on that they did though and and i think you probably saw this uh announced that they would tender kareem hunt i was surprised that they announced that there so they will tender kareem hunt which is good news basically for what everybody that means is they will assign a value to him if another team signs him uh, that's the value of draft pick the Browns uh, would get back. Basically, it is to scare other teams off. Uh, and if they do want to pay for him, they will not only pay for him, but lose a draft pick as well. So uh, there, there's how what the Browns plan to keep Hunt in town. Does that surprise you at all with everything that's happened to him? No. Um, and obviously he had that incident where he got pulled over and there was, you know, marijuana in the car. This is, this is recently, um, I think you understand that he's been going through some things, um, in the past, uh, year or two. And, you know, a lot of it maybe was self-provoked, but, uh, you know, it was, it was life-changing for him and you don't just, you know, become better after a day or a year or whatever. It takes time. You might relapse and things like that, but he's been, he's been clean for the most part. He's, you know, he's, he seems like he has a good head on his shoulders. I think he honestly just made a mistake. Um, but, you know, he's he's obviously, you know, mentally not 100% there. I mean, he's an incredible football player. But yeah. and I think the Browns, you know, saw that. And, you know, they're giving him this shot. And it's it's a low-risk, low, uh, high-reward uh, situation for Cleveland. And, and we, we saw what happened when Chubb came – I mean, Kareem Hunt came in and, and, you know, Nick Chubb being a top like, – our, our, Really top five running back in the NFL right now. That two-headed monster right there, I mean, it, it was a no-brainer, I think, to, to tender Kareem Hunt. Yeah, uh, that's, uh, I'm glad that you have the uh, faith in him there. Certainly played his ass off, played really hard, even when at times I thought some of the team had bailed. Uh, he played hard every down he was in there. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, Baker's uh, Ian Rappaport comes out today and says uh, – this is his exact tweet. An important focus for the Browns. 
heading into 2020, Baker's Fitness and Body Makeup uh, tried uh, to bulk up last year and lost some quickness. Uh, the plan is for him to be slimmer and faster uh, and quote-unquote being in shape. Thoughts? Yeah, so I'm looking at it right now. Um, I saw. I actually saw it like right when it came out this morning. Um, and some people like, I can't believe we bullied Baker Mayfield into losing weight. And, and no, I mean, it's it's so funny. I mean, people, you know, are saying he's fat, he's short. You know, Tony Grossi calling him a midget and whatever. And I, I think he's fine. I mean, I, 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 you know, people say maybe he lost a, a, a step. You know, maybe he was slower because he put on some bulk. And, and I, I think slimming down would be good for him. But, I mean, honestly, he had offensive line issues, and that can affect the quarterback extremely. I mean, I think he came out of the gate first game against the Titans, and it looked like everything was good. It looked like we were going to have, you know, right. that illustrious 12-4, 13-3 season that maybe people were hoping for. But it's uh, – yeah, I just think that it stems down to the offensive line and, you know, trust issues with that. And, and if you don't have a line that can block the quarterback, you know, that really affects them mentally and affects the game overall. They can't get the ball to people. But, I, you know, I think it's just a sophomore slump. And, and, and you know, if the, the weight loss, you know, slim it down, I don't think he needs to. But if he if he thinks it will help him get quicker and move around the pocket a little better, then that's fine. That, that That's okay. I, I think he's going to have a great third year. I mean, they, they got to take care of some things. The offensive line, I hope they draft a uh, – offensive lineman with the 10th pick and, and go from there. But I, I think he'll be just fine. I think people are overreacting. Yeah, uh, I do too. Uh, about his weight, at least, you know, um, I, I don't think it was ever really an issue. Certainly, uh, I expect uh, Stefanski's offense kind of lends itself to uh, being quarterback friendly, you know, getting him out and moving the pocket. And uh, um, certainly, uh, the play action will help him uh, as he's always right. been good in the play action, and there's which a lot is of ridiculous, that. by the way, because Freddie Kitchens never ran it, and Baker was one of the best in the play action. He's so much better at play action. It's 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 scary because like he, you'd hear Freddie like you know do things you know Wednesday through Saturday and Sunday you know like completely ignore the game plan like just do something different and like like these stats are readily available to anybody. It's not like you have to pay extra. You don't have to do the athletic right. and, and and pay for their thing. It's like these are stats. And Baker yeah. Mayfield's good to play action. And what's great, I wanted Kevin Stefanski at the beginning. And what's great about him is, like you said, you know, he's play action oriented. And with Chubb and Hunt, you know, being dominant, you know, we can we can establish the run and then go to the play action. And uh, you know, uh, we don't have the worst wide receivers ever. I hope they bring Richard Higgins back, but you know, that me wide too. receiver core isn't too bad. Yeah, me too. Uh, yeah, certainly, uh, the potential to be the best, probably. Uh, in the NFL, but they're both they're both had surgery here over the last couple of weeks, so we'll see how that recovery time goes and everything like that. Um, uh, Stefanski, yeah, I mean the the offense, the zone run scheme, and uh, as you mentioned, the play action, and even just like they never ran like any bootleg stuff to get him out of the pocket, and they and the offensive line was struggling the whole time. It's like that. That's what you should be doing if you're struggling with the offensive line. Move the pocket. Let him get out. He's good throwing on the run. And, and they never did any of that with Kitchens. As you said, the abandoning, abandoning pardon me, of the game plan, uh, ridiculous, right? Uh, so they'll hopefully move on from that with Stefanski. Now there's some nonsense going on down there. Uh, as Tony Grossi, we mentioned earlier, calling Baker Mayfield... Uh, a derogatory comment, uh, you know, 
he called him well he called him fucking midget and and he did it uh on a hot mic on the land on demand paid subscribers and all ready and ready to hear uh there uh as i i believe he was talking with rizzo right or rizzo or somebody was is talking uh it laying out for him and uh well here we go i got i've got your rant on it right here so let's hit that okay all right I've always been an advocate for Browns beat writer Tony Grossi to get fired, but it always seemed like he came up short. Until he called Baker Mayfield a f***ing midget on live air! Tony Grossi, who has the most punchable face in sports media, had this to say about Baker Mayfield. Wentz, Watson, uh, uh, can you keep it going? Mahomes. Mahomes. And now Burrow. And now Burrow. And who do we got? Thought he said it in confidentiality, but his mic was hot, unlike his wife. So ESPN Cleveland suspended him indefinitely. But that's just a short-term fix. We need the long-term gain of firing his ass and getting him out of Cleveland media. And while you're at it, get rid of all the other Cleveland media. Y'all suck too. ESPN Cleveland released this statement on Tony Grossi. They are concerned with the fact that Tony Grossi offended little people. Baker Mayfield is like six foot one. Tony Grossi is five foot seven. I defined your height on a subreddit because no. Nobody cares enough about you online to document your height. Like, do you get how numbers work? If, if he's a midget, then then do you have dwarfism? In some countries, you're not even tall enough to vote. They're giving Tony Grossi sensitivity training, even though they didn't do anything for wife beater Tony Rizzo. Tony Grossi is a height supremacist. We call him vertically challenged, Tony. Vertically challenged. It was really nice of ESPN to stand tall against offensive terms. How stupid do you have to be to say something like this when you have a microphone wired on you? Baker Mayfield is like the tallest midget ever. Miles Garrett is out here probably wondering why Tony Grossi's mic worked and the NFL's did not. Actually, Miles is probably realizing it was Tony Grossi from the sideline he heard and, and not Mason Rudolph. Our team sucks. Our media sucks. We just had an open casket wake for our former dog mascot. The dysfunction seeps through everywhere. Terrific stuff for me. <laughs> the dysfunction seeps through everywhere. Tremendous stuff there. I mean, I, you know. I couldn't talk about the uh, situation any better myself right there. You just laid it all out there for us, sir. So, uh, good job on uh, covering uh, Grossi. So, what, I mean, what? So, he's suspended indefinitely. They issued an apology. Uh, where do you come down on this with, with Grossi? Do you expect him to be fired? Well, first of all, what, what should happen to him? Uh, and what will actually happen to them if they differ, in your opinion, Sir Yacht? So, yeah, the, obviously they suspended him. And, you know, that's fine if you want to handle it for the short term. But, man, I, I don't know. I mean, people are, you know, talking about, oh, like, you can't judge him off of one incident. Well, he's been doing this, no, yeah. this kind of stuff for a while. This, you know, haphazard, half-assed, you know, journalism. And um, I, I don't know. I mean... I, I never want to advocate for somebody to be fired, someone that makes a living off something. But, man, I just – I am so sick and tired of so many people in the Cleveland media so negative and just, just saying things in interviews just to get a response, a negative response at that, not even a positive one. Mm -hmm. But, um, I, yeah, so I would like to see him fired. You know, I don't want to see him out of a job for a while, but I just – the, the Cleveland media is particularly with the, the, the beat writers, you know, they, they need to clean some things up. It's just, it's, it's incredibly sad, you know, and, and I feel 
Well, and, and people were, you know, Colin Coward, you know, saying how oh, Baker Mayfield is immature and whatever. Well, this guy had a personal vendetta against him, and it, and, it, and it came through on a hot mic. It came through on a hot mic. So I, I just don't, I don't understand, you know, why people do that. And I'm glad it was evident yesterday that, you know, Tony Grossi is like actually hates the guy like you know he doesn't he doesn't like him so and it was because he didn't want him drafted and you know proved him wrong and baker you know went at him because that's his that's his personality so yeah it's just i don't know i and i'm justice was served justice was served yesterday so i hopefully hopefully uh i i would like to see him uh go somewhere else for his career yeah i mean he's got to be coming up on uh maybe retiring at some point anyways uh you know, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I personally, uh, I feel the same way about, you know, wishing people's jobs gone and whatnot. It's a hard thing to do. But, I mean, this he, he has been uh, acting on his personal uh, vendetta with Mayfield, like, all the way back into, um, you know, the season with the, you know— baiting Mayfield to get frustrated and and uh, everything in that one situation he Mayfield didn't handle it right either but you know um, it, it's just uh, like you said this isn't the, just the first time you know people that are saying oh you can't judge somebody no 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 this has been going on for for some time right uh, his vendetta right. has been coming through in his writing uh, and in his interviewing so uh yeah, certainly uh, that's not something that you really should enable anybody to see if you're a journalist is is your bias, well, right? Right, and he's he's made up story like sources in the past, and it's been proven because a guy, I don't know if you saw like a, a month or so ago, texted Tony Grossi and told him this like source of something happening. Yes, yes. So Grossi twi- reports it, and, and the guy comes out and says – you know, I literally send this to you as a joke. Like, this just proves basically, like, so he, it, it's just unprofessional. Like, and, and like you yeah. said, like the land on the man, you're paying 850 a month to hear these guys talk about how people have ankles and, you know, Baker, I mean, uh, Tony calling people derogatory terms. And <laughs> yeah. it's like, what, what are you paying for? Like, yeah. I, you could come to my channel and I, I won't say derogatory terms, but I do it for free for you. I don't know. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it. And that's that's why I I would like him fired. Not because I don't not because I hate the guy or anything, but it's just because he's unprofessional. Like that's it's just something you shouldn't do on the job. And but the problem is, you know, people like it. ESPN Cleveland likes it because he's kind of the villain, and and the villain draws, you know, a lot more publicity and ratings uh, than maybe uh, you know a, a good guy, a good reporter. So I think that's why they're keeping him around. I guess I don't know. Uh, my listening to uh, you know I I. I like Cleveland radio a lot, but I, uh, yeah. a long time ago, went away from ESPN Cleveland to 92.3 The Fan. and it's so uh, much. I love 92. Yeah. Ken Carmen's my favorite. They're yeah. all great. They're all great. And, uh, and they, you know, I haven't gone back at all. So, you know, it, Goldhammer's a little weasel. I can't stand listening to him. He does the same uh. thing. He plays the villain. Uh, he he did that tweet the other day. It was like it was like uh, Joe Burrow to the Browns for Baker Mayfield in the number ten pick. Who says no? It's like <laughs> shut yeah. the fuck up. Yeah, exactly. Shut, no one even brought that up. Yeah, and like you know, Grossi's complaining about how we're not going to get a chance at Burrow. It's like 
we're not the worst team in the NFL. Of course we're not going to get a chance. Like, we're going right. to miss out on him. It's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. No, you, and he's also, also he's he's six inches shorter than Baker and calling him a midget. I know. So, I know. I don't know. I don't know. It's all crazy. And, and, and all those guys, except for Rizzo, I, I mean, I don't have a problem with all of them, but... Those two I do have a problem with, and Grossi and Goldhammer, certainly. And uh, I, I haven't gone back and listened to them at all. And, uh, you know, they just keep making news in a negative light on themselves, so that's fine. It, it's just, uh, as you said, the neg- the constant negative narrative is, is exhausting at times. Right, it's just and exhausting. I get it. I get that, like, you oh. know, there really isn't a whole lot of positive to talk about with the Browns sometimes, but, like... And like I'm not saying I'm not necessarily saying shy away from the negative, and you know like, it, you know they provide some good stories and you know some good laughs in the times like you know, like I said Ken Carmen, you know he'll go off and he'll start ranting or you know Dustin Fox or right. the Bull like Adam the Bull, you know like they'll just like start ranting on it and stuff, and you know that that provides some you know some good like you know coverage for when you know we're feeling down and stuff on the Browns, but man like just. It's just like it's just the creating the false narratives or creating a story or getting people egged on to make a story, and that's what they do. And it's just yeah, it's yeah. unprofessional journalism. It's so sad. Reporting used to be, you know, there was no bias, and this could be you know touched on in politics and stuff too. It's reporting used to be reporting the news, and now it's just well, how many how many clicks can we get? Yeah, Kobe Bryant just died, but we want to put the story out before we tell his family so we can get the most clicks. Like it, yeah. it just it disgusts mm-hmm. me. Disgusting. Yeah, you're absolutely right, and and so much of it. Uh, and the last thing I'll say on this topic is, is, at times it just feels like they're twisting the knife because right. it it's that uh, Colin Cowherd type of journalism. It's like, hey, I don't even have a market in Ohio, but if I attack these people and everything they 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 root for, they're gonna listen, right? It, that's right. Just, that's such that's so painful i mean he's yeah he's smart i mean he knows he's doing but it's just it sucks because you know i used to watch him like at the very i I watch him still like almost daily because i'd rather watch that than anything else that's on at noon but i uh he used to be incredible like i I mean he always he had hot takes but he was he was usually pretty right about things and whether his takes are bold now I'm like oh I, I see why he he was saying this but yeah. now it's just like I'm just gonna say something and it, it's so like wrong that it doesn't even matter like my credibility at this point doesn't matter as long as ratings come in like and that's just right it's just not my cup of tea I agree well said well said sir you are listening to all eyes on Cleveland uh, podcast can be found where all popular podcasts are found uh, and uh, will be published tomorrow morning at uh, USA Today Sports Media Groups, thebrownswire.com. I am your host, Brad Ward. Our special guest tonight, Sir Yacht, joining us to talk a little Brown sports, uh, Brown sports, Cleveland sports, covering the Browns here first. And uh, now we're going to transition here to the Cavaliers. So, you had a rant, sir. You had a rant, one of your uh, rants here, after the loss to Miami. And then they did the same thing, spotted them 22, and came back and won. <laughs> yep. Yep. So I was uh, 
I was watching my, my friend. He's uh, the Danny, the drummer in, in our band, My Ski Club. He's in a cover band with his dad and a couple other people. That are, it's And I, I was watching him play National Margarita Day, having a good time. And I look over. I'm like, oh, my God, the Cavs are getting blown out in Miami. And it just it was disgusting. They just It looked like they gave up. Tristan's flashing three-point goggles, signs, and whatever after making a yes. three. They're down 27. It's like, man, you guys are a bunch of losers. You just got your coach fired. You're a bunch of losers. Yes. Well, and then I saw them again. They were down. Played Miami again, but this time at home. And boy, I can't say enough good things about Kevin Porter Jr. I mean, oh. that guy can game. That was our third pick in the first round. Like he was just like you know, uh, like oh, we're gonna get him, but like you know, he had these controversies and stuff, and didn't play a whole lot. Sample size is a little small, but he's man. I, he and if you, I don't know if you saw, but there are a lot of people comparing his game to James Harden. You know, I don't want him to do necessarily all the things that James Harden does but I mean in terms of being a lefty that has a great three-point shot and can create his own shot it's just crafty I mean just the, the the flashes he's shown I mean he's he will he has a way higher ceiling than Darius Garland or Colin Sexton will ever have and yeah. I like them both but I just man Kevin Porter and then so shout out to them you know it's, it's funny because I made a rant and then the very next day they, they come back from 22 to win in overtime and I know, you know, credit I to them, and I, I hope I, – I'd like them to get Kevin Porter more minutes, start him a little more, and and, yeah. and, and get him – and keep and keep him in the, in the starting lineup. But it's uh, it's encouraging. I, I, I like that he's stepping up right now. And, you know, I mean, the Cavs, they're not going to do anything this year. I mean, I hope they get a low no. draft pick, and they hope, I hope they keep building that up. But it flashes, flashes of brilliance like this are great. And, you know, they've been playing well under J.B. Bickerstaff since he took over as the interim coach. So we'll see. I mean, he's kind of that uh, – he's got that reputation for being a coach killer behind uh, uh, who's – shoot, I'm blanking. Kevin McHale and then whoever the other coach was at yeah. Memphis. Yeah. But uh, – so yes. we'll see. But I don't know. I mean, I, I like him. I like him so far. Okay, so yeah, he so they gave they gave him the job, uh, JB Bickerstaff, as you mentioned, he was an interim in Houston, uh, and then uh, an interim for his first year in Memphis. Uh, his record though is is like I read it last week on the air. It's it's not good. Uh, it, it's probably it's, better than we are. We are without <laughs> LeBron. Probably right, better. Right. Uh, so my question for you is. They did not give him the interim tag, so they gave him a, the full-time head coaching job. No interim tag. Nothing. Oh, I didn't know that. Wow, yeah, I, I, yeah. I did not know that. That's new news to me. Right, so he's not uh, the interim coach. He's the head coach, uh, so there will be no you know coaching search unless they come out and they would have to fire him at the end of the year. Uh, I thought that was a mistake. I feel like he would need to... Um, I wanted him to put the interim tag on it and make him earn it, and then and then re kind of construct their direction as an organization at the end of the year with maybe a new yeah. coach. There's a lot of young, talented guys out there that deserve head coaching jobs. I feel like they're directionally challenged right now as a rebuild. I see it kind of failing a little bit. Kevin Porter Jr. certainly is a bright spot. But uh, I don't know what they're doing with the Garland Sexton thing. I, I like both guys, but but uh, I, I feel like I feel like Garland's ceiling is a little higher, and, and 
I don't think they can coexist over a long period of time. And then this Drummond is like a microwave move to try to to, to make it better fast. He's going to pick up his option. Uh, they need to trade Kevin Love. They've been holding steady on his value, I think, is a little bit skewed to them. Uh, I think they need to get rid of him, get back what you can, and look to get worse before you get better uh, at this point. With thoughts on that, uh, do you have any issues with the things I'm saying? Doesn't it seem a little lost to you? No, so, I mean, everything I think you nailed on the head for the most part. Um, you know, I, 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 you're right. I don't think Garland and Sexton can really coexist. Uh, no. I see them as like a like a, a, a worse version of Kyrie and Dion Waiters. Like, yeah. I just, you know, those guys couldn't. I, and Dion looked like he was potentially, he could be like an extraordinary player, but now he just, he's fallen out in Miami. And, God, I mean, God knows what happens, is happening to him. But, um, you know, I, and obviously I appreciate everything Kevin Love has done and te- a huge part of, you know, the, the championship run in 2016 Absolutely. and all those runs against the Warriors. But it's been proven that he just can't he just can't lead a team. He can't be the number one guy. And, you know, they I mean, they probably if they're gonna trade him, you know, there's only, I don't know how many teams that want to take him on. It's gotta be a contender that'll have him as like a second or third piece and then you know, they'll have to give us, you know, an expiring or uh excuse me, a uh, like a bad contract and you know, so we take that on and so I don't know, I mean I, I like I'd like to see him here. Like you know, I, I I hate to see him leave, and you know he's been here for what six years now, and it, it, it kind of seems like the time has flown. But yeah, they got to get rid of him. Um, I'm really excited for when Dylan Windler gets yeah. to play. I <laughs> yes. think it's next season. I just he's not yes. going to be like anyone that is just like uh, you know he's not going to be like a 25 point per game you know superstar or anything. But he's going to be like no. Kyle Korver, like a. Sh- a I think he's going to be someone who's going to be in the league for a long time. As someone that's just like a, a reliable yeah. shooter. And, and in today's game, it's evolved so much. You need guys like that. And I think he's going to be a stud and, and fill that role very well. But I'd like to see, um, you know, I, I think I agree with you in terms of Garland having a higher ceiling. Sexton is the better player now. And he's, he's I think, I don't yeah. he's actually playing pretty well. As far as I know, right now the game going on right now, but that's yeah. I mean, he Kyle's just going to be that you know seventeen point per game guy. I think you know I think that's just what he's going to be. And Garland could be more, but he's also going to be an undersized guard. Yeah, I, I I'm happy that they hit they hit a home run on Kevin Porter Jr. He showed glimpses of brilliance, and I think I, I really do think he's going to you know be the number one on this team. You know, and and. But it's still, it's like, man, like, can we just get LeBron back again? Like, I just, I feel like yeah. people just don't want to come here unless he's here. But, and I don't know what they do about Tristan Thompson. I like his game, but at the same time, you know, it's these contracts are so big and it's because, you know, LeBron was here and he vouched for his guys and deservedly so. They all, they deserve the money they got, but it's, it's kind of put the Cavs in a financial windfall right now. So tough rebuilding process, like you said, but they did hit a few home runs, a couple, a couple nice ones, and, uh, and Kevin Porter Jr. and I think Garland would be a nice guard. But you're absolutely right in terms of Sexton and Garland. I don't think they can go coexist at all. Yeah, long term, I think you got to, you know, the sooner you make that move, the sooner you can, uh, you know, replace that with another young asset uh, and, and start to build right. things up. 
If they right. come back with uh, what I fear here, Sir Yacht, is that they come back with Drummond and Love and make like a pointless run at the eight seed in the East, which is not that's a that's a step in the wrong direction. You, it you is the wrong I mean? direction. So yeah, I mean, I mean, I would like this. It'd be nice to see them make the playoffs. Like, I'm not going to be mad that they made it, but at the same time, you're right. It's just kind of like getting stuck in the middle. And and I yes. completely forgot to touch on Andre Drummond. I like that analogy, the microwave analogy, yeah. where it's, uh, you know, I, I think Andre's a, a fantastic player on both sides of the floor. I mean, just to have a guy like that averages 15 rebounds a game, I mean, that's, that's like what Kevin Love used to do when he was in Minnesota. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, he can be an integral piece on a good team, but, I mean, they, they just – they gotta get rid of Love. I hate to say it, and then they gotta—I don't know—the two point, the two guards. I don't think can coexist, and they got some problems. But at the same time, I, I uh, Kobe Allman's uh, has done some good things. But he's—it's—it's it's a tough position. I mean, Cleveland's just not a destination city. You know, when Le, with the outfall of LeBron leaving and stuff, you know, it always leaves Cleveland in, in a tough situation. So yeah, credit to him for doing some good things. But yeah. Yeah, it's got to be done through the draft. There's no question there. You're not going to get anybody to come and uh, uh, a deal to Cleveland, really. Anybody that's going to be your franchise changer, at least. Um, right. Good good stuff. Uh, so, yeah, good stuff there on the Cavs. Uh, you know, we'll keep our eyes peeled on that. I hope, you know, hopefully they – the way they change the, the draft has not – uh, or the draft lottery, pardon me, has not helped them at all, as it has hurt their positioning. Uh, let's, right. hope get, let's hope they get lucky this season, um, as they, you know, overall they've been a tremendously lucky franchise in the draft, but just the past couple years it, it's kind of worked uh, back against us there. So um, you're listening to, uh, I'm Brad Ward, that's Sir Yacht. Uh, Joey Kinsley, our guest here tonight on All Eyes on Cleveland. Uh, and uh, we are, are getting through some things here, hashing it out. Uh, Cavs, Browns, and now Indians. Uh, and then uh, we'll, I want to play a uh, sample of your song, Night Vibes, as we, uh, when, before we get, as we get you out of here in a couple minutes here. But... Uh, thank you again for joining us tonight, uh, Sir Yacht. You've been fantastic. Um, Thanks for having me on. No question. Indians here, I got this uh, question for you. I got about two two or three questions left, sir, and then uh, we'll, we'll get you out of here. Uh, I know you're a busy man. Uh, one month from today, okay, uh, so March 26th uh, is opening day for the Indians. And wow. uh, it is uh, LeBron's return to Cleveland with the Lakers this year. So, you know, when out in the Western Conference, they only make one trip back east. So that's his one trip to return to Cleveland. So opening day or uh, the, the LeBron-Lakers-Cavs uh, game, uh, which one are you going to? Uh, well... I have a very good feeling, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but is this this is the opener. This is not the home opener, right? I feel like it's not going to be in Cleveland. I could be wrong. No, but, it's the home opener, I believe. Oh No, you're right. Wow. It's the Tigers against the – wow. That is bold. It might be snowing. 
Yes, it, um, it might be. No, it is. You're right. Wow, my mistake. Um, so that's a tough one because you got to take in uh, the weather might not be good, but it's also yeah. the home opener. And that'd be that's that's always fun. It's always sold out. Always a good atmosphere. Yeah. But then you have LeBron coming in, and I know like he's you know. Last year would have been more meaningful, you know, with him coming back, maybe the right. first time, whatever. But I mean, the same, they're they're going to make a championship run, and I think they're going to win this championship. And and I, LeBron is, you know, on a tear. You know, he's yeah. superhuman. You know, I mean, it's it's expected at this point. You know, but we took it. I I take it for granted every time he's here. Like the, his talent is is something we no one else will ever do ever again. We'll never see LeBron James play like this, and he's 35. I mean, there's no guarantee that he continues this. I mean, he probably will for a while, like like uh, to an amount that has never been seen. Like, I honestly think he could play till he's like 45. Like, why not? Why not play till he's 45? If he's able to, but yeah. At the yeah. same time, you know, being able to see LeBron in person, you know, the Indians play 81 games at home. LeBron's here once a year. Sure. Yeah, he's on a different team. He's on the Cavs, but I don't hate him. He brought a championship to the city that desperately needed one. I I would choose seeing LeBron and the Lakers and Anthony Davis and, and the Lake Show playing live and then checking the Indians out the next day. That's what in- I would do. Interesting choice. Interesting choice. So they there's there's the they do this uh it drives me crazy and they do it on purpose because they know it's gonna be shitty weather. Is they is they have the opener on Thursday and they always have the next day off and that just drives me nuts every year because I want to you know I'm like why do you, like why do they do that do you know do you know why like I don't understand that because of the weather because they think that opening day so they have an audit like they have an oh auto, so they get like a like a backup just in case it yep. rains out or something yeah or? so they have like an auto opening day uh you know fix right away they don't have to play any double headers they can just immediately they should, go Friday. that's dumb yeah they so should stupid. just do they should do a day off after the three game series right i i, yeah, I don't that, think they should do it in between sense. the first that way you have four days to complete three games. If you need to do a doubleheader, that's fine. If not, postpone it. They're a division rival. Postpone it until the next time they they play. They come into town. But to do that, it's yeah, dude. That that drives me insane. I it's, I it makes a, no sense. It's a money thing because people buy the you know. Like a lot of people will go to opening day and then never go again the rest of the year, right? So, and opening day is a huge thing. So that's why they do it is because if they know it's going to be sold out and you're not going to get everybody back for a doubleheader. And even if you like play this rest of the series the rest of the week, opening day is now then the next day you play, which would be that Thursday. And all of a sudden you have opening day tickets and you didn't before. And you see what I mean? It causes a bunch of mix up and issues. So they try to alleviate that knowing that they're playing, uh, in Cleveland and it potentially could snow and they would need to, you know, play again the next day. And then every, you know, everybody can try to come back out. You know, it's like a way to save face. It's stupid. It bothers me. It drives me nuts. I don't understand why they don't start the season, uh, out west or in a dome somewhere, uh, I feel like uh, logistically that would make a lot more sense. And and you know, it like start them on the road for ten games. You know, uh, I, what are you doing? Right. Starting? What are you doing? Starting in freaking Cleveland, at the end of March. It's gonna be shit. Fuck weather. I can tell you now. 
It's not going to be great. You're going to miss one of those first three games, guaranteed. So, I, I don't know. Right. Uh, that's just how I feel about it. And, and I would probably go the other way. I, you know, I see I see your point on everything, but uh, I guess uh, I don't... I play uh, daily fantasy sports on um, DraftKings probably every day, probably too much. Uh, uh, and uh, But the NBA is like my season. I love it. So I watch a lot of the NBA and for that reason... Uh, but to sit there and watch uh, a lot of NBA games that are meaningless at the end of the season, it gets really bad. Uh, so just like it does with every sport. So I don't know. I'm going with opening day because of the the hope, man. The hope of the new season opening day is is legit. It's special to me. So I would go opening day. That's. I mean, that's fine. Yeah. I mean, it's a tough decision. I I I wish I. I mean. In a perfect world, I don't think they're going to be at the same time. So I think yeah, uh, yeah. if you want to go I'm to just, both, go to both. That's what I, I would do. I feel you, brother. I was just you're just trying to stir up controversy, man. You're just trying to be negative. I see what your typical Cleveland media. Yep, I was you're just, pulling a grossy. You're just being so negative over there, man. Yep, I was pulling a grossy on you for sure. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, um, no. The uh, all right. So we talked about the stupid scheduling i wanted to bring that up with you all right so i'm gonna go out on a limb here i gave my indians prediction first of all they lost eight to nothing to the padres today but it's spring training who cares uh and uh we know clevenger is going to be out for a little bit um i like their rotation i like uh potentially what they could be in the outfield i've got them they won 93 last year and got Missed the playoffs. I got them winning 92 this year. I think Vegas has them winning 88. Uh, so uh, I've got them winning 92 and getting in the wild card. I do not have them winning the division. Uh, you got a prediction for me, Sir Yacht? Yeah, so I, I think the Twins will win the division again this year. Okay, um, we agree there. I think, they're, I think they're put together nicely. I do, I do see them... Uh, a wild card spot, and and I don't think Vegas is far off. I I think like ninety one, ninety two games. Um, yeah. I I don't think I I honestly think the Astros might be like one of the worst teams in the MLB this year. I, I like I especially on the road. I think they're gonna get harassed and like rattled. Um, I like like no one is ever there's it's gonna be like a hate tour. I just followed an account today called Asterix Asterix uh, Tour. And it's uh, it just highlights all the highlights from like them getting hit by pitches and booed. It's like yes. the funniest account I've ever seen in my entire life. Like I re- awesome. asterisk tour. But anyways, um, to touch, I don't think they'll like, you know, maybe they'll, maybe they'll hunt for the wild card. But I I don't know. I just don't see it. I mean, the you always have the Yankees, you the Red Sox. You know, you, you know the Rays were good last year. I don't know. Um, I I I think they can get a wild card and it. I think Lindor is motivated to, you know, prove on his end that he's worth the money that the Indians won't give him. Like he's not going to get it here, but he's he's going to prove to them like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm going to at least go out on my terms. You know, I'm worth this money. Unfortunately, I'm not going to get it here, but I, I think he wants to lead this town to a World Series, and they have the ability to do that. They're you know depleted in some aspects with pitching and and some injuries, but. They still got a lot of talent, like you said, and I, I think they can make a good run if they, you know, 
I mean, they'll make their run at, at the end of the season. I think they'll, they always do that. But um, I, 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 why not World Series? Why not? That, that's yeah. my prediction. Hey, I'm with you, man. And, and you know, uh, anything can happen. Baseball is a funny sport that way. Uh, all it takes is one guy you didn't you you didn't count on uh, having a career season, and that changes your entire outlook, right? Uh, right. So, right. You know, I like they added Domingo Santana. I like to have Framil Reyes out there. Uh, yeah. You, know, you got Mercado coming back. Uh, you know, you got uh, a bunch of guys vying for those outfield day, day-to-day positions. They've got uh, some talent with the kid they got from the in, in the the trade last year, the uh, Daniel Johnson. Uh, or yep. whatever his name is, the Gomes trade, and then they've got the pitcher from that deal. I think he may end up uh, being one of the setup guys in the bullpen. I know he throws like a, a hundred plus like uh, every time. So, it, you know, I think, Damn. yeah, I mean, Clevenger, Bieber, Carrasco, Plezak, Plutko, or Rodriguez, that's a good good starting five. Uh, so, yeah, they can compete for it. I Here's the thing, if they don't, if they – for some reason, have a bad year, and they really haven't had a bad year since Tito Francona got here. Uh, but if they have a bad year, you know Lindor's going at the trade deadline because uh, they have to get some value back for him, um, or else they're really they're super screwed. Right, right. right. So, uh, you hope that they can play well enough that uh, they can at least give us one more run at it here uh, before he leaves. Uh, is my hope. Right. So. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, we'll see. I, ho- I hope. I hope. So, I mean, I, he's going to be gone at some point, but I hope it, the decision is, you know, a lot tougher because they're in the lead in the division or the wild card, and, you know, Lindor is, is leading his way. And, I, and, like I said, I don't think he's going to. He said he wants to stay here, so it's up to the Indians. I just know they won't be able to afford him. So, we'll, we'll just it, have man. one more, one last good year. You said it, man. You know, uh, Jonathan Peterlin was on last week from 92.3 The Fan, and he has a great take on ownership. He was talking about, he's like, there's, he named how many billionaires there are in, like, the United States. Like, you should not own a professional sports team to try to make money off of it, right? You should own it as a toy or whatever to show off to your friends or whatever it is, but it should not be to make money off of it, and it's a shame like a city like Cleveland should be able to keep a superstar like Lindor for his entire career, and that's a shame that they have to uh, that they're in the situation. It really is. So, right. Uh, uh, so there it is, Suryat Joey Kinsley. Uh, follow him on Twitter at Suryat YouTube dot com backslash Suryat. Uh, and uh, make sure you go check out uh, on his Twitter handle at IG as well um, uh, all of the videos I was talking about. Uh, and uh, and and when we uh, go here in a second after final words, I'm gonna leave uh, with uh, night vibes uh, on on the air here. We'll play that as you go out, and then we'll come back uh, and do our. Uh, mailbag uh, after Sir Yacht's gone, and we'll wrap things up here tonight on All Eyes on Cleveland. But thank you, Sir Yacht. You've been fantastic, uh, engaging, funny, smart. Uh, thank you so much for your time, sir. 
Hey, thanks for having me on, Brad. It was it was a pleasure, and uh, best of luck to you going forward. You, you've you've blossomed since I first met you when we were riding for Cleveland Sports Talk. So, uh, God bless going forward, and uh, let's ma- let's make a run with the Indians, and uh, not with the Cavs. Let's uh, let's get a draft pick. Hey, there you go. You said it, man. Hey, thank you again. Uh, we'll be right back on All Eyes on Cleveland after this short break. This is uh, by Sir Yacht himself, Night Vibes. Yes, sir. This is uh, Night Vibes by our guest tonight, Sir Yacht. Hope you in- enjoy that. Uh, go check that out uh, uh, at, uh, you know, youtube.com backslash Sir Yacht. Sir Yacht was outstanding uh, tonight, and uh, very funny dude, talented dude, as you could hear, you know, acting, singing, he can do it all, Uh, so we appreciate him coming on All Eyes on Cleveland tonight, the third episode, uh, as uh, we will have number four next week, but, so that's uh, G. Bush, 92.3 The Fan, week one. Uh, week two, second episode, uh, Jonathan Peterlin from 92.3 The Fan. Uh, and then tonight, uh, we had Sir Yacht, Joey Kinsley, uh, the one and only talented, uh, famous in Cleveland, famous, uh, his fame is growing quickly. He was tremendous, as we said. And then next week, uh, you, we just keep getting better and better. Uh, after, you know, we talked about the combine tonight and everything with Browns, but after the combine, um, we will have Nick Shook, uh, NFL.com, uh, Browns.com. Writer, reporter has been there in Indianapolis uh, reporting on everything, and he'll be able to check back with us, give us the lowdown on everything going down uh, with your brownies, uh, and we'll provide that for you next week on All Eyes on Cleveland. Catch a show where all popular podcasts are found, iTunes, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Radio.com, TuneIn app, Google Play will be published tomorrow morning at USA Today Sports Media Groups, TheBrownsWire.com, and uh, at All Eyes on Cleveland.com is the website. Check it out. Tell your friends. Subscribe. Like it. Hope you like it. 
Let's get after it. We've got the mailbag here still to go tonight on All Eyes on Cleveland. I am Brad Ward taking you home here uh, in the mailbag segment tonight. So let's start. We've got three questions. And let's get after it. So we've got uh, NEO against the world uh, kicking in here as Mikey has so kindly set up uh, my uh, questions here from your All Eyes on Cleveland mailbag. Uh, the question from uh, at Max Sports Report against uh, NEO against the world, pardon me. Uh, what are the Browns doing with Olivier? Olivier. Olivia. Vernon, Olivier Vernon, Olivier Vernon, pardon me. Uh, and uh, so kind of a loaded question here because he is due, if you were to be on the roster, $15.25 million this season. No dead money penalty, meaning if they were to cut him tomorrow, in a week, in a month, they can retrieve that cap space. Um, so, they are smart, despite many people will be calling for this cut. Uh, they are smart to wait, um, because it is better. Uh, they're, they're well over uh, the cap. They don't need the money right now. Um, and it seems like a no-brainer, but if they wait and see who they can get, who they can fill that position with uh, for an upgrade, uh, you know, probably free agency, potentially add some draft depth there, whatever they do, they can take a look at what that room looks like and say they are well under the cap still, and they want to keep them around for depth reasons, Keep him around. It's not the money, you know, it's not like you can keep that money. It's gone this year either way, whether you spend it or use it. Uh, and that's what's nice about it. So it doesn't hurt if you're going to be under the cap anyways. So you might as well wait and see what that looks like. Now, if you get a player there that looks like uh, he's going to help your roster, uh, you're going to see that money uh, get uh, freed up by dropping of Olivier Vernon, Olivier Vernon, uh, 10 games last year, 3.5 sacks, way too much money, uh, injury-related stuff, uh, prone, injury-prone guy for the past few years, 29 years old, um, and, you know, the team, like we said, would be do well to uh, get that off the books because there is no dead money penalty, but waiting is good, too, because ultimately uh, you want to see what that room looks like. Mary Kay Cabot uh, has linked uh, the Vikings' Everson Griffin uh, to potentially be a guy that would fill uh, that spot. He's getting $8 million this year, but he's 32 uh, played in 15 games last year, 8 sacks, 26 solo tackles. Good numbers for 32. Don't like guys in their 30s, though, although I have been talking about an influx in uh, uh, leadership, so you can't have it both ways. I, I think we probably do better than that, um, but there's a name to keep in mind, you know, that Vikings name and the link between um, Stefanski, Barry, A.B., as Stefanski would call him today, uh, and A.B. and, and uh, guys like that uh, could be something that we see as we go forward. But uh, to answer your question, uh, NEO against the world, uh, that is the shakedown. $15.25 due to him, no dead money penalties, which means 
uh, they will. I would say it's nearly a hundred percent that he will not play for the Browns at that um, figure. He will not play for the Browns at fifteen point two five. If they keep him, more than likely he would have to take a pay cut. They could restructure that deal. But uh, the reason they're waiting is because there's no restriction on that. They can free that money whenever they want, and that would give them over $70 million uh, over the cap, which is a lot. And uh, so they have some flexibility there. If you end up not being able to score the guy that you want in that defensive end room, then maybe you give him the chance to restructure that deal and you keep him for depth or whatever reason. Uh, but there's no, there's no, um, there's no timeline for this that they have to meet that is uh, pushing them to say, oh, let's, let's make a decision on him and get the money off the books. So that's why they can kind of play it safe, keep him around, and then eventually probably free that money up, at least not some of it, uh, more than likely all of it. You're listening to All Eyes on Cleveland. My name is Brad Ward. We had special guest Sir Yacht, Joey Kinsley on tonight. Uh, and we're doing the mailbag segment uh, as we transition to the DFS report at DFS underscore report uh, question. Uh, we talked about this a lot tonight. So do you think Rossi uh, will lose his job? Uh, should he... Um, I don't think he will. Uh, he has a lot of longevity as a guy in the Browns media. He has been doing this a long time. Uh, he's built up some equity there, which is fair somewhat, although I think that Sir Yacht, Joey, made some good points about his uh, level of professionalism. You know, he brought up, uh, I didn't even bring it up, but he brought up the situation earlier this year where the guy sent him the joke uh source and he printed it as a story um the interaction between him and mayfield that got mayfield to blow up certainly was doing his share of baiting uh has certainly been controversial with coaches and and whatnot his level of professionalism is somewhat lacking and then today caught with the hot mic uh, and calling Baker Mayfield a uh, fucking midget um, is just absolutely absurd. Uh, he should lose his job, uh, certainly, for the reasons I just named, although I don't think he will. Um, we'll see what that suspension ends up looking like. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I think he should lose his job. we got a two-parter here as the DFS report uh, kicks in with... A second question here. I just noticed this. Thank you, Mikey. Are you playing NFL, pardon me, XFL, DFS? That's Daily Fantasy Sports. I mentioned earlier, it's Yacht that I play, Daily Fantasy Sports. Uh, as uh, Hobby have won some decent money uh, and times over the past few years, a uh, couple, couple stacks here and there, a couple thousand dollars here and there. Uh, I think the biggest was uh, in basketball nba basketball like 5.5 for a tie for like third place in one of the uh gpp tournaments but uh are you playing xfl dfs i do play nfl dfs it is much more difficult for me than uh baseball and even more so basketball which is the sport that i am best at 
Uh, it is very difficult to find an edge in football, especially uh, in the XFL where we're talking about unpredictable uh, entities here. We're talking about guys that I don't, you know, have stats on, figures on, uh, you know, in order to project the um, level of performance, yards, catches, touchdowns, uh, you know, passes, runs, all you know, guys uh, in the XFL are very unknown uh, as there isn't the body of work that there is there even NFL guys. Uh, so it's, it's hard to, to dedicate time to such an unpredictable factor. Uh, so I have not participated in the XFL. I stick this time of year to the NBA, and then I'll play baseball too, but the NBA for me is where it's at. Uh, I can find an edge there. I have a pretty good knowledge of the game and um, stay up on things, and it's easy for me, or at least I think, to pro- easier to project uh, what those players will play, minutes, assists, scoring. It's a lot more repetitive and uh, easier to uh, come to a choice on when choosing those players. Uh, So then our last question tonight here at All Eyes on Cleveland, the podcast is from the land sports at RBS underscore corrections. (laughs) Very good handle there. Uh, It says, uh, why did you say uh, you hope the Browns don't play uh, the nine hashtag Niners equals hashtag Seattle defensive scheme. Just curious. So uh, I was referencing the land sports here on our last question of the night in the mailroom. Uh, pardon me, mailbag. Uh, All eyes on Cleveland mailbag is referencing last week. I made the comment that I hoped um, that uh, Joe Woods, the new DC in Cleveland would not play Seattle cover three press bail, which is the version of Seattle's defense that they're playing where he's coming from now uh, with the 49ers. Um, And he's asking why I said that. So there's a couple reasons. I'm a big fan of Chris Sims. Um, I I listen to him a lot, his podcast that, you know, Chris Sims unbuttoned, and he does a lot of stuff uh, collaboration with uh, um, Pro Football Talk, but uh, I like Chris Sims a lot. He's a smart football guy. He played quarterback in the league, etc., etc. But he is the best X's and O's guy that I have ever watched. Uh, and uh, he is kind of where I get this stuff from sometimes when I don't know what I've learned. But what I know about this scheme is this. A lot of defenses run it now. I, I'm trying to think how many there are. I think maybe there's maybe like four in the league that run it right now. And, of course, that's obviously changing in the offseason. But it originated in, in Seattle. Robert Sala brought it to the Niners. And then, you know, it, it's been brought other places. But starts with the cover three, right? So you're asking your 
uh, your left corner, your free safety, your right corner to split the field in threes. Now, the way that they played it in their heyday with Sherman, who is now in San Francisco playing it, but um, and uh, Cam Chancellor and uh, names are escaping me right now, but that Seattle defense was it's like a matchup zone in basketball. So if the guy is in your zone, those the field is cutting the three, uh, you match him up like he's man to man. Um, and the cover three press bail is the technique off the line of scrimmage they're using where in, in a lot in cover three, normally you would not see press coverage, but the way that this is set up, uh, this defense is set up. It allows them to do that, which wreaks havoc uh, in those little zone beaters that you you see a lot of times. Uh, uh, you know, quick outs underneath stuff, um, and then you know, quick screens, uh, slants, stuff like that that you'll see a lot against maybe a cover three defense. You can eliminate with the the action that you get from the press coverage up front and they'll switch it a lot it's a very you know one side will play press the other won't but it's name its name comes from cover three press bail so uh and then uh they bail out into this zone the corners on the outside well uh then they have to determine though um who they're going to play on what side of field now Four times since the Super Bowl, uh, four times ever in the Super Bowl, pardon me, uh, has the winner came back by more than, I think it's more than 14, but something, some figure like that, uh, to, uh, in the fourth quarter to win um, the Super Bowl. And all four times have come in the last decade, and all four times were against this style of defense. Um the biggest play in this year's Super Bowl uh, was against this defense. So, like, Robert Sala and the Niners' defense, like, they would play this almost primarily mixed with a little bit of free man, right? So, or, uh, or man free. And then they are just man to man. And they um, would mainly, though sit in this defense and it's just something that they have nailed down all year like hey you know what we're going to do we know our scheme we know our rules we know our concepts and and this is how we're going to play you this and and that's the philosophy behind this now where you'll take uh like the chiefs for example defensive coordinator coordinator spagnola spags is a guy that will scheme from play to play so you've got one defensive coordinator that just sits in this defense and we're going to get so good at this that you can't score on us and can't beat us in this defense and we'll stick to those rules and concepts that we believe in them so much that you're not you know you won't be able to beat us over a game and then you've got like spags who will show you a bunch of different looks and change stuff as the game is going on uh oh we're gonna put you know eight in the box nine in the box we're gonna blitz from here we're gonna blitz from there we're gonna go zone cover three you know to quarters to uh just man to man to you know whatever he feels is right 
Um, and this is just two different style of play calling in the NFL, but the guys that play the Seattle Cover 3 breast bail have the tendency to just sit in it and say, you're not going to beat it. And I don't like that. I would much rather have a, a diverse uh, defensive scheme uh, set, you know, where a, a DC will throw different stuff at you, adjust as the game goes on, um, and, you know, in the fourth quarter, beat you with a blitz here that you haven't seen or beat you with a coverage here that you haven't seen all game long. And uh, instead of sitting in one and just depending on those concepts and to get you through, because what NFL offensive coordinators will naturally do and what uh, Andy Reid was able to do in the Super Bowl even uh, is he will you will run stuff that challenges the rules of your cover three press bill or any defense that you're in. Uh, that scheme has certain rules that they abide by. And what he is able to do as a good play caller or a good play designer is draw up a play that challenges those rules and challenges a player to make a decision that they're not familiar with in those rules. So uh, with the talent of a Mahomes and the talent of a, of a Hill on the biggest play of the season, third and fifteen. Uh, in the Super Bowl, after the the catch got challenged and called back, uh, Mahomes and uh, um, Andy Reid called up this play where I, I wish I had like a marker to show you uh, this. It would make a lot more sense. But where Hill, you know, is the second, uh, you know, there's two wide receivers on the left but he is the inside wide receiver um and he uh starts to he comes out and uh kelsey comes out and kelsey just runs an end cut about 10 15 yards but initially that corner right there is responsible for the entire left side of the field so um as he's watching what happens in front of him he sees kelsey come up at him and run that in cut which actually plays into the in cut plays into one of the linebackers to cover that under there but he sees hill cross and go towards the center of the field so as he's going towards the center of the field most quarterbacks to give them credit can't make this play it took a long time for it to develop and that's what was special about it in its own right on talent alone mahomes and hills hills speed and mahomes arm talent are what made it possible but it challenged it, the rules of the scheme because he came across the field into what was jimmy ward's territory got jimmy ward to he looks almost like he's gonna go continue on to the post and uh instead as jimmy ward turns um he circles cuts back around behind uh, mosley who has now picked up kelsey because he thought that uh, Hill was gone 
and releasing towards that side of the field. Um, but the and he got Ward so turned around that Mahomes was able to throw the ball into that huge opening in the field that was created uh, by um, Mosley coming up to take Hill because he now has you know hit, passed off uh, coming up to take Kelsey because he's passed off on Hill to the middle third and uh, and then Hill was able to maintain that path long enough for him to dismiss him and then uh, turn Jimmy Ward around circle back and he had all day for Mahomes to get him the ball there who had to make a tremendous throw uh, after on a play that takes a lot of time but his talent Hill's speed made it possible to challenge their each one of their thirds uh, in a play that normally would seem impossible and never really see that situation they were able to present a situation that challenged uh, Mosley's decision uh, Ward's decision uh, and create a huge wide opening and then he caught the ball there and they we know what happened from there but there are like you could just set up for example two guys on that side of the field and run them straight down the field at Mosley now Mosley is supposed to cover both of those guys while he's in his third now certainly that's where the adjustments are made and things like that but just stuff like that uh pushing a guy towards the boundary and running another guy into that zone area challenges the the schemes um concepts and rules and that's what causes this defense problems at times so if you you know you figure it out you figure it out kind of and i just don't think the browns necessarily have the personnel to play that kind of defense is mainly why i said it i didn't mean to get so big into all the x's and o's here but mainly why i said that i didn't want them to play seattle cover three press bales just because i don't think their their personnel at least at this point matches up really well and you may end up with some really young safeties as well uh but I would more, I'm more in favor of a defensive coordinator who won't just sit in a scheme and say, we're going to beat you no matter what, because uh, we believe so much in what we're doing in this concept. I, I believe more in a guy like Spags, for instance, uh, from Kansas City, who was like, hey, we're going to throw this at you. We're going to throw this at you. Biggest play of the game. We're going to throw something at you that you haven't even seen. We're going to adjust on the fly. Uh, versatility but we can come at you with all this different stuff and we're going to beat you that way i'd rather see somebody approach the game that way than sit in a defense uh you know 75 80 percent of the snaps long story short there's where i said it uh i wish i could have drawn some of that stuff for you but uh it's good stuff uh you can look up all kinds of stuff on the history of seattle's defense uh, cover three press bail uh, online so hope you have enjoyed all eyes on cleveland uh pushing two hours tonight uh we had uh joey kinsley also known as sir yacht famous in cleveland for his rants cleveland sports takes very talented singer and actor follow him 
on Twitter at Sir Yacht, uh, also IG at Sir Yacht, and go to YouTube.com uh, backslash Sir Yacht. Check it out. He was a tremendous guest uh, here tonight. Um, and this has been another episode of All Eyes on Cleveland. Uh, hope you enjoyed it. Uh, hope we got you some good content. Hope you very much enjoyed enjoyed Joey or Sir Yacht. He is a funny, funny, talented dude, and uh, we will certainly have him back again if you enjoyed it. Next week, uh, tune in as we will have uh, Nick Shook, uh, NFL.com, to talk about uh, the Combine and talk Browns with us. He is a very knowledgeable guy. Uh, specializes in offensive line uh, play, and uh, he's down there watching the big fellas work out at the Combine, or, or over there, pardon me, in Indianapolis. So we'll have him on next week and uh, ask him anything we want about the uh, Combine and what the Browns need to do at offensive line, fitting guys in this zone run uh, scheme that uh uh, Stefanski is bringing to the table and with that uh, check us out at alleyesoncleveland.com where all popular podcasts are available uh, we publish tomorrow morning at thebrownswire.com uh, of USA Today Sports Media Grab thanks again to Sir Yacht um, and for Mikey who's getting a music up for Mikey Mikey, there he is. For Mikey, I am Brad Ward. You've been listening to All Eyes on Cleveland. We out. Have a good one. Woke up the next morning, niggas have stole my bike Different days, same shit, ain't nothing good In the hood, I run away from this bitch and never come back if I could Need the love of the underdogs on top And I'm gonna shine, homie, until my heart stop Go ahead and envy me I'm Raps MVP And I ain't going nowhere, so you can get to know me Need the love of the underdogs on top And I'm gonna shine, homie, until my heart stop Go ahead and envy me I'm Raps MVP And I ain't going nowhere, so you can get to know me on the grill of my low rider, guns on both sides, right above the gold wires, I four five them. Kill a nigga on my song and really do it, that's the true meaning of a ghost rider. 10 G to take your daughter out of Air Forces. Believe you me, homie, I know all about losses. I'm from Compton, where the wrong colors be cautious. One phone call, had your body dumped in Marcy. I stay strapped like car seats, been banging since my little nigga Rob got killed for his Barclays. That's 10 years, I told Pooh in 95, I'll kill you if you try me for my Air Max 95s. Told Banks when I met him, I'm a ride. And if I gotta die, I'd rather homicide. I ain't had 50 cent when my grandmama died. Now I'm going back to Cali with my Jacob on. See how time yeah, flies. The underdogs on top. And I'm gonna shine, homie, until my heart stop. Go ahead and envy me. I'm Raps MVP. And I ain't going nowhere, so you can get to know me. Yeah, the love of the underdogs on top. And I'm gonna shine, homie, until my heart stop. Go ahead and envy me. I'm Raps MVP. And I ain't going nowhere, so you can get to know me. From the beginning to the end. Losers lose, winners win, this is real, we ain't got to pretend, the cold world that we in, it's full of pressure and pain, enough of me nigga, now listen to game. Used to see 5-0, throw the crack by the bench, now I'm fucking with 5-0, it's all starting to make sense. 
My mom's happy she ain't gotta pay the rent. And she got a red bow on that brand new bench. Waiting on shot money to land, sitting in the range. Thinking how they spent $30 million on airplanes when his kids starving. Pockets going and Brenda still throwing babies in the garbage. I wanna know what's going on, like I hear Marvin. No school books, they use that wood to build coffins. Whenever I'm in the booth and I get exhausted, I think, what if Marie Baker got that abortion? I love, love you, my dogs on top. And I'm gonna shine on me until my heart stops. Go ahead, envy me. I'm Raps MVP. And I ain't going nowhere so you can get to know me. Hated the love of the underdogs on top. And I'm gonna shine on me until my heart stops. Go ahead, envy me. I'm Raps MVP. And I ain't going nowhere so you can get to know me. <laughs> 